official Jets podcast is presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport, but together at WinBet, Eric Allen here in Indianapolis, joined by Michael Smith of Amazon and NBC Sports. When's the last time you were at the scouting combine? Great question. <laughs> Whatever. So I'm getting old, so I'm losing track of years. Uh, You're not getting old. <laughs> You're talking to somebody who's older than you. Well, barely. You look good, though. Um, so I stopped being uh, on the NFL beat around 09, I okay. want to say. So I think the 09 draft was the last draft that I covered as a quote-unquote insider for ESPN. And I say quote-unquote because my insider heyday would have been 2001, starting at the Boston Globe, right. through 2000, I would say, 6 or 7 at ESPN. Then I transitioned into more of a generalist and a studio guy and a talking head. Right. But in 09, I think I was still doing the draft. So I say that to say, whatever the year was where it, they moved it out of the RCA dome and into Lucas Oil, whatever year that would have right. been, because I remember feeling like, man, this is different. Because <laughs> I used to come when it was, you know, a cheerleading convention was intersecting yes. with the combine. Oh, yeah. I so it was like you're trying about. to talk to coaches and a bunch of squealing little girls running by. Yes. So, and it was a, it was at the uh, the RCA dome. and. It's changed a lot, to make a long story short. So this is my first time in well over a decade being at the Combine. It's great to be back. So how do you go about attacking this week as far as you're a guy who's a storyteller? Yeah. So do you come in with a few storylines in mind or do you want to see how it develops? I appreciate you asking that. Well, the good news is – from a pure assignment standpoint, just to kind of go inside baseball, how the sausage is made, from a pure assignment standpoint, I did my uh, my daily talk show, Brother from Another, which is streamed on Peacock and Sirius XM, weekdays 3 to 4. Um, I did that episode from here yesterday, mm-hmm. um, and that's it for that. I recorded a couple of interviews for my interview series with NBC called Gets It, as in he gets it. As you know, there's no greater compliment somebody can get than he or she gets it. Um, but my goal here and what I'm looking to accomplish is I, I mentioned that I've been away from the game in this capacity for a while and I returned to it for Amazon Thursday night football last season. And even though I may have some name or face recognition, um, especially for this new generation of coach and GM, many of whom are now younger than me, yeah. which back in the day, it was the opposite. I was the young guy. Now they, oh, I grew up watching you. I'm like, damn. So that's why I say I'm getting old. Like, that, I'm know, getting a lot of that a nowadays. I'm, I grew up watching you. Right. Um, I just want to reestablish myself because I don't take for granted. I, I'll tell you a quick story just to kind of make the point. When I joined Amazon, I was insistent upon, I did not, even though the role is something like this, it's more than this, but Essentially, it's what we would kind of call an, an insider. My, my title with Amazon Thursday Night Football is news analyst. Yeah. And not just because I didn't want to be boxed into the, the idea of being a, an insider and a newsbreaker and a scoop guy. I also have too much respect, having done that on a national level for ESPN for a long time. I, I have too much respect for what that entails and too much respect for the work that goes into that and the time that goes into that, Eric. So... For me, a big source of anxiety, if I'm being honest with you, was jumping back into a world that I've been out of for a decade. I hadn't been working the phones. Right. A lot of those relationships that I built, quite honestly, unfortunately, I kind of lost touch with. There were new people in positions of authority that I had not ever met before. Sure. So I'm going to jump back in, and I'm going to all of a sudden 
be a national insider along with, you know, the Schefters and the Rappaports and the Glazers and the Joneses. Like, I'm, I, I respect them too much, and I respect that job too much to think that I can just roll out of bed and do that. So, long answer, but I'm getting to a point. Yeah. My goal here is just to reconnect or, as the case may be, introduce myself to some people that may not know me. And even if they do know me, they don't know me in such a way where they might know me to trust me. Right. That, so whether it's a handshake, whether it's just a hi, I just want to introduce myself or reintroduce myself as the case may be, um, a cup of coffee if I'm lucky. Sure. Uh, or, hell, a meal if I hit the lottery. Yeah. I'm not looking to necessarily get anything out of it tangible right now. Relationship built. I'm a long game player. Yeah. I've been playing a long game for a long time. Yeah. I think I play it pretty well. Yeah. So this is about really just networking, shaking hands and kissing babies. But thank you for the question. What do you know of Joe Douglas and Robert Sala? Sala's not here this right. week. We're seeing that more and more from staffs throughout the National yeah. Football League. Yeah. That they're actually staying back. I think COVID changed some things up. Yeah, I think it also seems yeah. to be a 49ers thing, too. Yeah. Oh, that tree. Yeah. Because LaFleur is not here. Salah's not here. Shanahan, I don't believe, is here either. So yeah. seems to be something there. What do I know of them in general, or what do I know about? Well, how about the, how about your relationships with those guys? No, thanks for asking. Um, so again, one of the I think a big part of of my success and anybody's success is just showing up. Mm-hmm. So we were fortunate to have the Jets and Jaguars at the end of the season. That's which, right. by the way, going into the year, we looked at that game and was like, that's not going to be an interesting game. That's going to be like a dud. Yeah. And sure enough, at least the way it played out wasn't interesting but going into it was a significant game for yeah. both sides oh, right sure. uh jaguars were rolling jets were trying to get into the playoffs so i, I paid a, i paid a visit to florham park and uh got some FaceTime with robert um which was great uh he was kind enough to grant me an audience post press conference and we just but it, for me it was really informal like i wasn't looking for hey give me the scoop i was sure. just looking to kind of get to know the man who i'd heard a lot about um and thankfully my reputation preceded me in a good way um, this goes back to how old I am. So I see Joe Douglas yesterday. Yeah. I was like, hey, Joe, Michael Smith, just want to introduce myself. Um, he said, yeah, I met you a long time ago with Chad Alexander with the Ravens. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was like, it's just like oh, yeah. But, I, but see, that's a lifetime ago for me. Right. Good on him for remembering that. I guess I must have made an impression or just recognized my face. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean. If you're looking for the inside scoop on the Jets, I ain't got it. But no, I'm you. saying, like, you know, for me, and I'm glad you said I'm a storyteller because I appreciate that. If I could put that on a, on the lower third, I would. I didn't. You come, are. You don't get to this spot in your profession. But I don't want to be. Thank you. I don't. I don't want to just be like a dude that's like telling you who gets trade traded or who gets signed five minutes before everybody else does. No disrespect to the people who do it. Of course, that's just never floated my proverbial boat. Right. I, I want to be a person who provides context, insight, information, and occasional entertainment to the hardcore football fans such as myself. And building these relationships and being able to have honest conversations with these decision makers is why I'm here. And so it's worth the trip. It's worth getting in at 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, Monday night, Tuesday morning, for two minutes with Joe Douglas yeah. that I hadn't previously had or hadn't had in over a decade. So it's already been a valuable trip for me. I'm glad you dropped uh, Chad Alexander. He's one of the best guys in the office. He's such a key figure on the football side. Yes, he is. I've known him for a long time going back to Baltimore, yeah. 
Let me ask you about Zala. Mm-hmm. Everybody talks about the way he is with the players. Yeah. And how he commands the room. For people who don't have the opportunity to go one-on-one with them, yeah. like you did following the news conference, yeah. what was that like for you? And, and how do you come away feeling maybe differently? Or what do you glean from? Confirmation in a word. Yeah. Because I also got a chance to spend a lot of time around Richard Sherman this year for Thursday Night Football. And if there are, there are two people that I heard a lot about, if, there, if, if there's if I got nothing else from Thursday Night Football and working alongside Richard Sherman, there are two people I heard a lot about enough for a lifetime. Russell Wilson and Robert Sala. <laughs> okay. Robert Sala, he's gets you somebody in your life that rides for you the way that Richard Sherman rides for Robert Sala. Mm. So that spoke volumes that he just had the utmost respect for him as a man. So I wanted to see what all the fuss was about. And, again, it's one conversation. It's one impression. But as, as impressions go, I was impressed. Um, just, had, just was measured and just had clearly a guy that has a vision um, that's a natural leader, that's a very effective communicator. Um, and I think, you know, like, it takes a special kind of guy to not only survive New York but to thrive in New York and to have staying power. I left that conversation with Robert Sala saying, like, unless the bottom truly falls out, because, I mean, it happens. But he has a chance to be in New York as long as he wants to be, just with the way he commands not just the organization but the market. I think he's just got that it factor about him. And, and not the it factor, not the, not the Rex Ryan it factor. Yeah. But course. the it factor, like, again, credibility. Like, and not to, this isn't to cast aspersions on anybody else, but I'm just saying, like, I think what you see is what you get. What he gives you is, is the truth. It may not be everything to the story, but I don't think you, you got somebody up at a podium um, or in front of a team, as the case may be, who's not being real and honest and upfront with you. What about the Douglas dynamic? You said you've known Joe for a long time. You're going back to the Baltimore days where – Obviously, he came up in the National Football League. His first year, he won a Super Bowl. He's got three rings. What's he like in that one-on-one setting? And can you talk about the respect that he has throughout the National Football League? Because that's one thing that even before he walked in the building, I talked to people at various organizations and different media folks. Nobody ever said a bad word about Joe There you go. That was going to be my answer is that, there's a lot of guys that have a good eye for talent. A lot of guys can pick players. A lot of guys can evaluate. Um, but to me, the first thing people say, like, he's just a good dude. Right? Because, mm-hmm. like, 80% of the job, if not more, is managing the building, right? Is what kind of tone you set, what kind of environment, what kind of work environment. Um what kind of relationships you have with everybody throughout the building, not just players, not just coaches, but the sales department, the ticket offices, the cafeteria. It's like managing the building, general, generally managing, right? Yeah. Um, and so you got to be a good person and just a, like a the type of dude that people can feel a connection with. 
And I think that's what the Jets have in Robert Sala. Again, not to suggest uh, Robert Sala and Joe Douglas, not to suggest that they did not have that before. Again, I don't want to make it seem like, oh, for the first time in no, Jets history, they got good dudes. Yeah. But, like, I think that's the thing about Joe Douglas is there's the good evaluator. There's the, the good um, roster builder. Yeah. But also just a good dude. Yeah. And I think that goes a long way throughout the building, but also throughout the league. It's like, you know, you want to feel good about who you're doing business with. You want to feel good about who you're in business with, who you're working with, who you're going to work for. Um, I think he brings all that to the table. So I would say his reputation is is one as uh, he's well-regarded, well-regarded as a, as a person and no small thing as a, as a talent evaluator. The way I describe Joe to others is, I know he has a temper. I've never seen it. Mm. I don't want to see it. And I think that a yeah. lot of people who work with him would say he's a guy you just don't want to let down. Yeah. Because he has so much respect for I him. think there's <laughs> temper and then there's passion. Yeah. I think he's got a, a, an infectious passion. Uh, I think he's got a fire about him. Um, he's also very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I found, again, brief conversations, but listening to him, I think he's just, I think he's very thoughtful and deliberate. Um, calculated, but not um, calculated, but not sinister. Yeah, no, <laughs> calculated yeah. in a good way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, who, who do you want? Uh, you're you're not a Jets fan, uh, but I mean, just from that storytelling angle, yeah. Somebody in the business who covers sports. Yeah. What What do you think makes the most sense for the Jets? That quarterback. Yeah, and who who would Michael Smith? want to see there? That's a great question. Who would be the best story? I'll tell you who it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be Rodgers. Mm. It would not be Rodgers. If I were writing the script, yep. which seems to be the fad nowadays, write the script, <laughs> I, I would not put um, Aaron Rodgers in New York. And it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like that's going to be a reality anyway. It feels like you know, if he plays again, it's going to be in Green Bay. Because um, I just I think that has disaster written all over. I think that ends badly. Mm. Um, could the Jets go to the playoffs with him? Sure. I don't think it's that simple. I think Matthew Stafford in L.A. and Tom Brady in Tampa have given people the impression that just just add water, just add quarterback, or as Robert Tyler would say, instant coffee. I don't think it's that simple. And I think the Jets, as an organization, as a fan base, have been down that path already with a for, another former Packers quarterback by way of Minnesota. Um not to say they're the same dude, but there's similarities. And I just, if I'm the Jets and it's such a young, up-and-coming team, I don't want, I don't want an organ, I don't want a guy who might be one year. And is he all in for that one year? So I was talking to Brad Holmes earlier, and a lot of people looked at Jared Goff as like a throw-in in that aforementioned Stafford trade. Thought he was a bust, even though he had gone to the Super Bowl with the Rams. Yeah, now look at him. Is there a guy like that? That's not the headliner. Mm. I know New York is all about headliners, but is like, is there a guy like that that just is on the upswing um, that maybe doesn't come with the stuff yeah. that Aaron Rodgers does, or you know, there could be. You never I mean, I, I look, man, I like Gardner Minshew. Yeah, <laughs> I know he's been a backup, but I think you know, twenty six. Two, three-year deal? Not a, you ain't blowing up your cap to get him? Free agent? Look at you throwing a little curve out there. I like Gardner <laughs> Minshew. Or, or, or draft a guy and just develop him the old-fashioned way. Hey, listen. I love Mike White. 
Yeah. I, I mean, and I know he couldn't stay healthy, but I mean, I did, you know who more importantly loves Mike White? That locker room. <laughs> so, I mean, listen, is he the guy? Is, is he a guy that's going to take you to the promised land? Maybe not. But, I mean, they just, I don't know, man. Like I, I think sometimes people just kind of like they want the quarterbacks to come in the front door. Yeah. And Sometimes descend from the happen. heavens. It does more often than not. It doesn't happen that way. Yeah. Oftentimes, like the it's rare that it happens. Like, I mean, you guys, how many times you pick second, third, fourth, fifth, or whatever? And you know, I mean, there's at least three of them in the last handful of years between back to '09, Sanchez, yeah. Sanchez, and Darnold, and yep. now Wilson. It's like I, I don't. I would prefer that the Jets not go that route again right. if they can help it. If you're gonna draft somebody, draft the guy and let them. Give him some time. Listen, I enjoyed it. I, I, you've been unbelievably gracious with your time. Oh, thank I, you for having me. Uh, I hope the Jets uh, see you uh, a couple times next year on Amazon. Yeah. And I'd love to have you back because there's yeah. a few things that I'd like to tackle with you. Okay. Because you just recently wrote about Jim Caldwell, minority coaching in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. There could be a podcast. I mean, we could have a podcast series on yeah. that. But yeah. I, I really want to yeah. dive into that with you at some point. Would love point. to. Yeah, let's do this again, man. I'm always around. Like, yeah, I, hopefully this was enjoyable for you and, and, and the listeners and uh, definitely enjoyable for me. So thanks for Great having me on. Michael. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thanks, man. Jets fans, we're in our final push and the clock is ticking. WinBet is giving you a golden opportunity to win VIP prizes for the 2023 season. The WinBet Green Room is the most exclusive space at the stadium with all-inclusive food and beverage, lower-level seats, and appearances by Jets legends and celebrities. New Jersey customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on WinBet Sportsbook or Casino. For New York customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on WinBet's sportsbook. The best part? You get an entry for every $100 you wager. Official Jets Podcast is presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport, but together at WinBet, Eric Allen here, joined by a familiar face for Jets fans everywhere. That's Connor Rogers. We've confined everywhere, right? Pro Football Focus. Badlands podcast, SNY now. That's right. And I'm here with NBC. Just uh, as many jobs as I can completely handle. Uh, Unbelievable. Uh, Jets offseason. we got to start with the quarterback position. What do you think this team should be attacking? We know they're in the veteran quarterback market, but who do you think should be their number one target? Who makes sense? It's Aaron Rodgers, obviously, because if you're looking at this conference, it's insane right now. you got to be thinking if you're the New York Jets, you look at what they've done with this roster. It's time to make the playoffs, and they should feel confident. They were real close last year. It's a talented group. It's an ascending group. I think we forget that sometimes, EA, Mm -hmm. that Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson, as good as they were, they should get better now. So this could be a really special group. Why not go out and get the guy that you think with Aaron Rodgers that can match up against Mahomes, against Josh Allen, who's in your division, right. against Joe Burrow. And let's not forget Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. They're going to get much better, too. So, But I say start at the top with the most talented guy. He's got plenty of good football left in him, and see if you can get Aaron Rodgers to come to New York. Yeah, what do you make of Rodgers last year? Because a lot of people were down on his numbers. But if you really look at it, how many injuries he played exactly. through, the thumb injury, I still think he was 24-12. and 12, And at the end of the day, he had a solid year. If the Jets had those kind of numbers at quarterback position last year, who knows where they would exactly. be in the playoffs. Exactly. That's exactly right. And you look at Green Bay in a vacuum. They had problems on the interior of the offensive line. 
The skill talent was really, really young in some areas it needed to be ready. Mm -hmm. And sure, Christian Watson started to take that step in the second half of the year, but it was a slow start for their young wide receivers. And for Rodgers, yeah, so not a ton of talent. They have a good backfield. But once again, when you're dealing with injuries, you're dealing with a shaky offensive line, and you were still good, right? Sure, he wasn't MVP, Aaron Rodgers, but he's still really good. Well, you start to picture him with the New York Jets, and you go, Garrett Wilson, get Elijah Moore going. You have Brees Hall coming back. Let's not forget, they have draft picks, and they can maneuver the cap if they need to make those moves. Maybe do a couple retoolings of the offensive line. Hopefully, Mekhi Becton can stay healthy. You have ABT coming back. A lot of different maneuvers to make this offense even better. you got three tight ends that I think can play. I think Jeremy Rucker takes a big step next year mm. as well. So, I mean, when you picture Aaron Rodgers in the Jets' offense, you're thinking good things. Uh, uh, what do you think about some of the additions on that offensive staff, highlighted by, of course, Nathaniel Hackett, who was in Denver last year, but who's had a lot of success as an offensive play caller in the National Football League. So what I like about the Hackett hire is I think they are going to be a tough, gritty run team yeah. again, and I think that's what you have to be in this conference. And I think a lot of teams struggle to accept that because they either have a flashy quarterback or they have the big high-octane passing game. But when you get into the cold-weather games and you've got to close out a season and it's freezing rain, it's snow, it's the playoffs, you're traveling, the things that travel through weather and away from your home stadium is playing defense running the football let's be real Brees Hall he could be one of the best running backs in the entire NFL and the Jets know that they feel like they have some pieces on the offensive line and they're going to get more that they can develop that run game and Hackett has experience developing those run games to aid a quarterback that's so important for this Jets team what's the temperature of the fan base right now I mean uh, we just talked at the top here of the pod how many uh, media obligations that you take care of with that being said you live in the area you know this base you know the fans where do you think they're at in terms of sala joe douglas this roster and what's ahead with the quarterback yeah you're right they're eager and, and you nailed it i mean i basically went from being in a stroller to being in the meadowlands it was no stops in between so and it was the meadowlands not metlife back then i mean listen they're passionate They've stuck through hard years. They care so much. They care during the offseason just as much as week seven, week eight, week nine. And I think that speaks to how badly they deserve to see a competitive playoff football team. And I think the Jets are inching towards that, and that has them more excited. But they know that quarterback position, having a veteran stability at that quarterback position, is going to elevate the other players that they've cheered so hard for, whether or not just Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. But what about Elijah Moore? What are you going to get out of Tyler Conklin next year and a young guy like Rucker and Michael Carter? Let's not forget about him as well so yeah i mean they're so excited and they're just dying for that move and it's not the new league year yet that's the funny thing I in know. all of this it's it's a weird time because then once that league year starts the door opens for free agency trades all these other aspects and then they kick to the draft so these fans are very excited they're very eager and i don't blame them after they get done with the quarterback what else does this team have to do in free agency prior to the draft we know the list yeah. of 19 unrestricted free agents whether it's re-signing their guys restructuring their guys or looking elsewhere right so it's going to be fascinating what they do internally and what they know internally that maybe we don't right is Dwayne Brown going to play do you need a left tackle where is ABT going to play yeah. ABT can succeed at any position on the offensive line I really think if he wanted to he could be a great center the Jets don't need him to be a great center but do you think he ultimately shifts back to guard it just depends what they come out of the draft. Ultimately, I think so. Yeah. And I look at it like this, EA, right? Let's go into and say they bring back McGovern at center or they sign a center. So you have that position lock. You know, Lakin's playing left guard. 
I look at it like this. At 13 in this draft, you can walk away with your left tackle, whether that's Broderick Jones, Paris Johnson, Peter Skaronsky. There's a lot of different avenues to get that left tackle spot. You look at right tackle, Makai Beckton's coming back. Let Max Mitchell come back and compete. Let those guys compete. And then you put ABT at right guard where I think he could be one of the best right guards in the league next year. I really do. So yeah. ultimately it feels like right guard, but it's nice because this is a league full of injuries, of course, that he can he can save you at any moment at a tackle spot. Uh, where are you at with Elijah Moore? Uh, a very good rookie year. Uh, obviously it went through some turbulence yeah. in year two. But again, new staff, um, going to be a new quarterback throwing the football. What do you think about him approaching year three? I'm a believer for a lot of different reasons, right? Number one, I think that after Garrett Wilson, the touches go to him in this wide receiver group going next year. I really think he's elevated to that spot. Number two, I think he's going to be rejuvenated. I think he's going to look around the culture around him. He just saw his teammate win Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's going to work with a new offensive staff, and he's going to be a guy that goes, okay, I I believe in our quarterback, whoever that may be, and we're going to be ready to roll. We have big expectations for our team this year, and that's big expectations for me internally and personally. And then number three, it goes back to that staff. I think Hackett knows how to utilize the slot, and we know more. What you love about him is the inside-outside versatility. I'd like to see him 80% of the time in the slot. I think he's got really quick releases. I think he understands how to separate in that 5- to 12-yard range, and I think you can get him some manufactured touches. Get him going more on the jet sweep. Get his head in the game right away, and you'll see a different Elijah Moore. So, Call me crazy. I'm a big believer in year three of Elijah Moore. How about some possible restructurings? Because Joe Douglas said yesterday that he was clear about it, that, yes, we're over the cap. But we have plenty of flexibility to make a lot of moves. Yeah, they do. They really do. And that's the league they live in. Joe Douglas was very proud of the fact that they don't have a ton of money kick the can down the road. And they can go that route if they need to. If there's a free agent they love out there, this is a team that might be looking for a starting safety. Uh, Maybe they do look to retool the offensive line. Maybe they look to sign another wide receiver. You never know. They need some size in that room at some point. So you can restructure a Carl Lawson. You can get a lot of money out of different places. Uh, There's interesting post-June 1 decisions to be made. Once again, that Dwayne Brown retirement lingering. Uh, the Jets are a team. Everybody tries to do the three easy, two to three easy cuts and go, oh, they'll have enough to get Derek Carr or a quarterback, but not much after that. The Jets can make a lot of moves, whether it's void years, whether it's restructures, whether it's post-June, that they could be a player for any free agent in this market or trade. Uh, yeah, uh, and Joe said at the end of that news conference, hey, listen, we're in great shape here. He yeah. made that clear with the cap and where they are at financially. This draft feels a lot different for the Jets this year, doesn't it? Does. It does. Like, it really does. felt like the pressure on Joe last year was you got to hit a home run in the draft. Early indications are maybe he didn't hit a home run, maybe he hit a grand slam, but for him – the pressure this year for the Jets is landing that veteran quarterback, whereas you, you feel like you're going to go into the draft with a very good roster yeah. and, and a lot of options to maneuver however you want to. That's right. I feel like the last two drafts, which is my full-time job, it was about building a house. And this year, it's like, can we put a roof on this thing, right? And that's what it really comes down to. And it's good to have those building blocks, that infrastructure, uh, where they go into this draft and, hey, maybe they need an offensive lineman. There's the big three. They take that guy at 13. Hey, maybe they love a guy like Brian Branch because he's the highest floor DB in the draft, maybe. And you get yourself a safety. You get bigger at safety. You get a surefire tackler. So it's a nice luxury to have when you're starting to Fill the holes of your roster, not just take the best guy because there's holes everywhere. Speaking of everywhere, we can find you everywhere. Connor Rogers, make sure you get some rest here this week in Indianapolis. We appreciate it, brother. Thanks, EA. Appreciate it.